0: Prepare to attack as a collaboration between Mash Those Buttons, WaWaz Bootcamp, and Mayhem.gg. Visit MashthoseButtons.com to learn more about our shows. Visit WaWaz Bootcamp on Discord to get coaching on your favorite Overwatch characters. Visit Mayhem.gg for live coaching streams and VODs. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Prepare to Attack, a podcast series that aims to improve your understanding of Overwatch and its characters. Today we are going to be talking all about Anna. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Coach from Wawa's Boot Camp,
1: Fu. Hello! As stated, my name is indeed Fu, I can confirm that. You may remember me. From the mercy guide I did that was deemed so good by Blizzard that they had to change mercy just to make it irrelevant to prevent the mercy apocalypse. And I am to do the same with Anna here today. All right. Yes. Yeah, so
0: let's go ahead and just hop right into things. Uh, let's give a get a, a brief or a broad overview of what anna actually is or who anna is i should say she's not a what she is a who um so anna is a healer obviously she has uh, her primary weapon is her biotic rifle and that rifle can either heal allies or it can hurt enemies and we're gonna dig into that she has a sleep dart which will you know put a target to sleep for a few seconds and she also has her biotic grenade which once again when that hits somebody, if they're an ally, they get healed, uh, and they also get a boost in uh, in their healing. And if they're an enemy, it actually stops them from being healed. Anna's ultimate is Nano Boost, which increases the target of nano boost. she can't nano boost herself, but the target of nano boost, it increases their damage by 50% while also reducing the damage taken by 50%. So Fu, can
1: you tell us what the goals of playing Ana are? Absolutely. So playing a support, Especially, it's really important to know what you're supposed to be doing because the way the game's feedback is built is it tries to make you feel good for doing first-person shooter things like shooting enemies. However, that system isn't really in place for supports or tanks. So the game kind of tells you you're doing good when you're really doing something that isn't your job and is not optimal for winning the game. So your number one goal Anna is going to be looking for a good grenade. I'll talk more about this later, but usually you're going to be looking to aggressively hit a grenade on the enemy front line or back line if you can hit it. That helps your team get kills because if you get that purple, that healing debuff on the enemy tanks, they can drop very quickly. That being said, if you you, you should use it sparingly, but if you have to use it to save your life or a teammate's life, you should absolutely use it. The The next part is making sure you're using your weapon properly. It's worth noting it is much better at healing than it is at dealing damage. So that should be your number one priority to do your job to heal your teammates so that they can deal damage for you. Uh, you're going to want to prioritize first your su- feral support so that they can do more healing as well as well next you will prioritize other squishy dps heroes because they could die at any moment and then finally for healing you will prioritize tanks not because you won't be healing them as much you will it's just that if you stop healing them for a second they're much less likely they're not going to just drop dead randomly they can protect themselves fairly well and then finally dealing damage is kind of the lowest priority because it's not very good at it also uh, as we'll talk about further hip fire is kind of significantly worse than scope outside of, it's a little bit more dangerous to use scope. So you're going to be wanting to be positioning and basing your place out around trying to scope in whenever you can afford to, to have quicker and more precise heals. And finally, goal number three is going to be using nano boost properly. We'll talk about all of the best targets as we go forward, but the, the very baseline of it and I stress this for all ultimates, you don't get value by killing people. You don't get value by by doing anything other than winning a team fight or at the very least forcing the enemy team to use more ultimates. So if you ever think using nano boost will win you the fight on whoever it is, just go ahead and use it. And then you can kind of learn from there how to use it beyond that.
0: All right, great. Well, let's dive into her primary weapon, the biotic rifle. This is going to be your primary tool for keeping your teams alive. So... What can you tell us about the biotic rifle?
1: I can tell you quite a bit. There's a lot to this nifty little rifle. So it fires darts that magically are... are not, not only sentient, but sapient, in fact. They can tell the difference between the blue dudes and the red dudes. And they heal the blue dudes, your allies, and deal damage to your enemies. They also have a significantly larger you know, range for hits on allies than they do for enemies. So it's much easier to hit your teammates. Also, when, when you're unscoped, it fires those darts out exactly how you'd expect to fire a dart out. But for some reason, when you scope in, it converts into a super high-tech railgun that launches those darts at untold speeds instantly hitting whoever you you shoot so it becomes hit scan (laughs) basically uh in addition to being easier to hit teammates it will also heal them for more than it damages healing for 75 over 0.9 seconds and it will uh do damage the same way to enemies except it only does 60. So it has an ammo of 10 and it shoots 1.2 rounds per second with an average 1.5 second roll time. That means you can be shooting for a long time. However, you do have to be careful that you are managing your ammo properly because anytime you run out of ammo uh, when you didn't plan to, you could very easily lose a teammate for that. Uh, Also, scoping in takes a quarter of a second and it's slightly shorter time spent scoping out. With all of that kind of piecing it together and, and using that. Uh, Because it has a 0.9 second heal duration, you can actually kind of pre-fire at teammates to to make sure you're healing them. Just because you shoot a full health target and they reach full health, that doesn't mean if they take damage, they stop being healed. So here are some kind of uh, more tips to use it correctly. As I alluded to earlier, when it comes to Anna's Rifle, it's very important that you have the proper target focus. So I'm going to kind of get more into that right now. Uh, the number one target, as I said before, were your fellow healers. So if you, assuming your whole team is damaged and equally at risk of dying, this is kind of the priority list you'll follow. So if your fellow healer is near death, it's very important you keep them alive above all else because they will also be able to heal everyone else on your team and keep them alive. And also, and very importantly, they are the only person that can actually heal you. So if you are under pressure and you have allowed your fellow healer to die, there is nothing that can keep you alive. And if you're the last healer alive, you're the most important thing on the team. You're very easy to kill despite that. And if you use nade on yourself, the your fellow healer will be able to heal you for even more. So that's the most important person to keep alive. And that's basically why double support been the standard and the meta basically since Overwatch has come out. Because you need two healers to keep each other alive even if one healer has enough healing to provide for the rest of the team the next priority will be any other squishy hero which is basically any dps hero and symmetra the reason you will prioritize them over tanks is because they generally have lower means to protect themselves and they are very squishy so if you see your mccree get hit by a far rocket it's very important that you immediately snap to him and heal him as soon as possible otherwise he could die just in a moment to a random Hanzo arrow, another far rocket, a McCree body shot, that type of thing. And that's one of the biggest impacts you can have on the game as a support is preventing one of your squishy heroes from getting picked. And then third on the list we have healing your tanks. While they are the lowest priority, you will be healing them a lot. You will spend most of your time healing them because they will be taking the most damage. However, they have gigantic HP pools, they have armor, they have big shields or self-heal abilities that they can use to keep themselves alive. So if you leave them unattended to heal a higher priority healing target, uh, they're very unlikely to just suddenly die. And if they did just suddenly die, chances are you couldn't have healed them through that anyway. So... What that means is you will be kind of healing the tanks generally, but you want to be in such a place that you can see your whole team and you need to be able to swap to a DPS or especially your other support the instant they are at risk of dying and are taking significant damage. It's also important to keep them topped off because if they spend a lot of time seeking out health packs, they will spend less time actively contributing to the fight. And that can be very problematic. And then, of course, the final priority, as I said before, is dealing damage to enemy heroes because Anna does have very poor damage per second. However, if you do have a free moment where no one is in desperate need of healing and you know someone on the enemy team is low, it is very good to go ahead and pop a shot and finish them off, especially against someone like a where you're one of the few heroes that can consistently hit her. However, if you are just popping damage into someone who's full health and you're planning on solo killing them, that is almost always a mistake. And if you're just popping damage into an enemy because you don't need someone to heal, you may run out of ammo and get someone killed later down the line. So it's only when you know that damage will be impactful. Also, bear in mind, you should basically never shoot an enemy that has armor because the way armor works and the way Anna is damage ticked it actually halves the damage so if you shoot a reinhardt at full health it will only deal 30 damage instead of 60 bringing her down to her her pathetic dps already down uh to half of that uh so that is going to be how you should be prioritizing moving on for form it is very important with anna's rifle and any other semi automatic weapon, even though Blizzard lets you hold down the mouse button to keep shooting, it's very, very important to left click once per shot. This will ensure that your your aiming techniques like flicking will be at the same time of your shots and will kind of force you to consciously aim each shot. So it's very important that you do that. It's also important to note that there is a delay if you scope in and shoot and then unscope and shoot as well as vice versa, where if you un, uh, do a hip fire shot and then scope in and shoot, this means you cannot freely switch between the two. In addition to that, you cannot scope in and shoot, unscope, and then scope in and shoot without suffering that same delay. So generally, if you started shooting in one, you, you stick to shooting in that, unless you have just like a half a second or so to switch uh, which one you're going to be using. Okay,
0: that's I to say, I did not know that. That's really good information. If you if you're shooting one way, just stick with it then. Yes. All right, great. I, I do have a question for you, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've seen this circulate in a couple different places, and I want to get the facts now. So when you're scoped in with Anna's uh, with Anna's rifle, there there you see that, that, that upside down triangle on the screen. I was told that if you for allies, like for enemies, you have to hit them with the crosshair. But for allies,
1: if they're in that triangle, they're gonna get healed. Is that true? I'm almost positive it is not. It's kind of a rough indicator. However, like if you have an ally that's super far away and tiny on your screen, uh, and they're inside the triangle, I, they they will not get healed. You have to be pretty close to them. However, if you have someone who's like super up close to you you know it'd it'd be different for the hitbox size the hitbox around people i'm pretty sure is just kind of the shape of that character the triangle is just kind of a rough idea for for that type of thing all right great thank you for clearing that up
0: so now if somebody tells you anything otherwise it is wrong Fu says no
1: all right so let's uh you want to move on to sleep dart now what can you tell us about the sleep dart Alright, so before I I get into anything else, it's important to note that this is a defensive ability, not an aggressive ability. So the way you use it is if you hit an enemy with a sleep dart, and it's a very small hitbox, very difficult to land. It will render them unconscious for five seconds, and there's also a five-second waking up animation for when they do get woken up. And since they get woken up when they take damage, in a kind of chaotic solo queue environment it's very rare that you'll actually have people that aren't woken up so you generally want to avoid sleeping people who are taking damage because they usually will just get woken up instantly kind of tips for using that is you want to it's much easier to hit if someone is kind of moving aggressively towards you and you want to save it as kind of your lifeline because it's your strongest ability to defend yourself from say a genji a tracer a reaper anyone uh winston especially anyone who's kind of pressuring you And when you're going to use it, I would highly recommend doing the following call out where you say sleeping and then your target like and then saying whether you hit or missed. So, for instance, I might say sleeping Winston hit and if I missed, I'd I'd say I missed. What that'll do is it might convey to your team that you are trying to sleep that person and they stop shooting it uh, and it will tell them if that person is sleeping or not afterwards. All right, great. Now you said that the there
0: there is a animation on wake up. You said it was five seconds. Is is that correct? five, Point sec- five seconds. Point five seconds. Okay, great. Yes. Thank you. I, I, I might have missed that part.
1: <laughs> Sorry. A couple more tips for sleep dart. I'd like to talk about kind of the way you want to be aiming it, because a lot of people have they kind of they they pop sleep dart and then they just leave their screen still and just flick it all the way across their screen. Um, right before it goes off. What you want to be doing with Sleep Dart is you want to kind of keep your cursor on, maybe slightly leading the person you're trying to sleep, and then right before it goes off, you want to do that flick. But the shorter the the flick is that you're doing, the more likely you are to hit them, because it's, it's a much more precise movement. So to make your job easier for you, just kind of keep your cursor on the person you want to sleep, and then flick where you think they'll be when uh, the dart would uh, reach them, and then the dart will go out. It takes a lot of practice to kind of get that timing down, but that's the most effective way to use it.
0: All right, great. Now let's talk about the biotic grenade. One of the things we said, it's very important to get a good grenade in. So let's dig into that.
1: Yeah, so as as we mentioned earlier, it damages enemies and heals your allies, and enemies damaged are unable to be healed. This is the most, like one of the most powerful debuffs in the game, and allies get hit are healed for more. This is less powerful, but still very very powerful. It also deals 60 damage, which is the same as a rifle. It's not much, though it definitely can be helpful. It heals for 100, which is a huge deal. Being able to burst heal your allies for 100 HP can be an absolute game changer. The AoE is relatively small at four meters. It's a little bit generous, though you still absolutely have to be precise for it, uh, and it lasts for four seconds, which is a fairly long time, but it's it's short enough that's not super overpowered. That's a 10 second cooldown. That's fairly low, but it's definitely high enough that it's extremely important that you're getting value out of it and you don't just waste it. So a few tips for using it. You absolutely want to be at all times kind of looking out for an opportunity to use your grenade effectively, because if you land the perfect grenade, it's almost at the same power level of an ultimate. So that Reinhardt or that Winston who's being healed by the the enemy healers suddenly does not have that influx of like 90 or so healing per second and could just drop like a rock the mercy who would be self-healing and darting around the map suddenly is is unable to do that for the four seconds and can be much easier to pin down as well as her teammates cannot help save her so being able to land that can just hugely turn a fight in your favor so you always want to be looking for it that being said you don't want to just throw it out at the first enemy you see you kind of should be timing it to make sure it doesn't get eaten by D.Va or blocked by a Ryan or a Winston bubble, that type of thing. However, if you cannot find that good grenade and you see a teammate who is about to die or you are at risk of dying, always use grenade to try to save their life because that is absolutely worth it. However, just because you're kind of missing a few shots and this guy's critical, don't just like throw your grenade down at his feet in frustration because it's easier. That will kind of teach you, it's kind of a bad habit, it's kind of a crutch. And if someone's hiding behind a wall, even if they're critical health relative to the enemy, they're they're not going to die suddenly and you can just pop a shot in them for 90. Tips for using grenade, practicing both grenade and sleep dart is a game mode called Total Mayhem. You might want to try this out where you go into that game mode and you just try to hit those abilities on cooldown against these like super mobile enemies and there's no real pressure on you to win the game and you can just keep yourself alive forever with grenade. So basically the way you'll do it is you will throw grenade at any enemy you see unless you're dying. Uh, and the same with Sleep Dart, you'll you'll sleep someone who kind of comes towards you and is threatening you um, for practice. Unfortunately, they recently increased the cooldown to 8 seconds in Total Mayhem, so it's not quite as good, but I still can't find anything better.
0: All right, great. And uh, w- would I be correct saying a good time to use the Ana grenade would be during Zenyatta's ultimate?
1: Yeah, so that is exactly the epitome of that good grenade where you purple it, the entire enemy team. It will completely nullify Zenyatta's ult for that four-second duration on everyone you hit it with. So yeah, absolutely, if you can land it during a Zen ult, that is a great thing. Just be wary, because usually what will happen when you're looking for that is it'll be in a Graviton surge. The enemy uh, will get Graviton by your Zarya, and then Zenyatta will pop ult. And during that time, the enemy is really bunched up. So that Reinhardt shield will be very difficult to throw around. A Zarya bubble could shield her entire team from that grenade. So you have to actually it's not free. It's very difficult to land that grenade. Another important thing, since we're talking about Zenyata Ult, if you're if you use like a tactical visor or a dragon blade or something like that, and the enemy Zenyatta uses his ultimate to counter that, kind of you might want to look to use grenades specifically on the person that your team your teammate is targeting with their ultimate.
0: Okay, great.
1: And
0: just to reverse that, a a bad example would be doing it after Lucio's used his ultimate because it's useless at that point, basically. All right. So it's not like, uh, oh, anytime somebody's using their healing ultimate use it, it's very specific. You got to pay attention.
1: It's it's very subjective as to, like, when is a value time to use the grenade. So I can't talk uh, all day about specifically when. It'll happen. You just kind of have to look for it and then you learn based on what works and what doesn't work. Like when is a good and bad time to use it, even if you do land it. So like the most obvious examples is if, you know, their their Zarya has bubble, you know she has both of her shields and you grenade both of them. She can just cleanse it immediately. Or if no one on your team is there to deal any damage and you purple the enemy Winston, it's probably not going to matter. But there's a lot of other fringe situations. You just have to play with it, kind of get used to it, and always have a mindset of learning to improve. And that's how you will have to kind of learn the very specific parts of it.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to movement and positioning. This is something that you told me is very important for Anna.
1: Mm-hmm. It is one of the most important parts of Anna. A lot of people feel like Anna is this extremely mechanical, aim intensive hero. And it's true, but not to the extent a lot of people think. And that's because most Anna players. They make their lives so much more difficult than it needs to be. Her hipfire is very slow. It's a relatively small hitbox against enemies because it's the same size as her hitscan. What is more forgiving about teammates, it's still the same hitbox. I think I forgot to mention that earlier. Hipfire and hitscan have the same sized hitbox. Normally projectiles are a bit bigger, but this is not the case with Anna's rifle. Um, so what you want to be doing is you want to be trying to set up far enough away from your team so that you can use your scope so that it's a very small mouse movement over from one teammate to the other. What I see a lot of people do is they'll be walking towards their team because it feels like the closer you are, the easier it is to hit a projectile, And but the closer you get to them with Anna, the more you have to turn to switch between teammates. So what that uh, ends up happening is you lose sight of a few of your teammates except your tank, And you miss a lot of shots, you don't need to. But what you want to do is position roughly as follows. You want to make sure, number one, that you are about 15 to 20 meters behind your frontmost teammate. Depending on what's happening, you may need to move closer. We'll talk about that in a moment. You want to next make sure that the enemy team is, uh, excuse me, your team is kind of in between the enemy and you, preferably at kind of an angle. So and you you absolutely want to make sure that there is a wall between you and the enemy even more than your team, because what this means is you can scope in safely without taking fire from the enemy and you can get that incredible healing value. And then if they they are forced to dive on you, if they want to kill anyone, because Anna heals for quite a lot, 90 uh, 90 HP per second then you can kind of use your sleep dart. It does make it a bit more difficult to land those key grenades, but it is absolutely worth it for the amount of healing you can dish out. This will make your Ana gameplay a lot less, you know, spazzy. There's a, it'll make it a lot easier to hit shots, and it will kind of crutch your aim in a very good way. So that's extremely important for both staying alive, hitting shots, keeping your team alive and getting value out of Ana as a hero. Next, on kind of the staying alive flowchart is macro movement. So, what macro movement is, it is just simply moving from one spot on the map to another spot on the map, moving while trying to go somewhere. With Anna, you generally want to be very sedentary. However, it's important to recognize when you are no longer effective from your current position or your current position is exposed and you can move accordingly. You want to make sure, however, that uh, Anna is kind of this old lady and she does not want to walk across the street without a Boy Scout to escort her. So if you're walking across an open area that the enemy team is covered, you want to call out for the Boy Scouts on your team to help you cross the street. Because if not, you might get hit by a car or Reinhardt, whichever. I get them confused all the time.
0: Uh, (laughs) Car, Car Reinhardt, same thing.
1: They do the same thing. They (laughs) mash you up against the wall and then make you... Take a break from the game. That's that's how it works. Take a break from life. it's just it's it's like a fifteen-second breather. Uh, Gotcha. That's it. Move you to the Healy room for fifteen seconds. But anyway, so yeah, you want to kind of make sure that if you have to cross a dangerous area, you you make your team aware that you need help getting across that area so you don't die. And generally, you don't. you, You want to try and stay as sedentary as possible. So anyway, moving on to number, the next part is micro movement. So macro movement is moving, trying to go somewhere. Micro movement is moving without trying to go anywhere. What this is, is it's trying to be harder to hit. A lot of people have the habit with their micro movement of spamming that space bar over and over again, where they're just jumping and jumping and jumping. This is actually not very good. Uh, I could talk for hours and hours about jump mechanics and overwatch, but basically the way it works is when you jump, you lock yourself into a trajectory you have very little control of that makes you very easy to hit. It also means that if sudden, suddenly explosives like a tracer bomb or a charging Reinhardt or something appears at your feet, you cannot take back that movement until you hit the ground. And finally, since it's moving your crosshair up and down as well as your normal left to right, it makes your aim more difficult. So you're much better off staying grounded. And what you want to do instead is something called strafing, where you are moving back and forth, preferably in an erratic fashion, not slowly, but not too quickly. That makes you much more difficult to hit because you do not have any inertia, basically, when moving back and forth. You can just change directions and speed immediately. And that is the hardest thing to hit. If you ever watch high level games, you'll see Grandmaster players. Pretty much everyone is doing that all the time because it makes you like effectively increases your HP because you're just so much harder to hit. Jumping is very easy. So even when you're scoped in, you kind of want to be hitting that A and D key. When you're sitting in a corner, hit that A and D key, just get used to it. A way you can kind of get used to that micro movement is you can kind of like in spawn room, in between rounds, put a spray on the wall with any hero and then just uh, use that that strafing movement and then um, shoot the spray just to get kind of used to that.
0: Okay, great tips. Let's uh, go ahead and move into her ultimate ability, which is Nano Boost. What can you tell us about Nano Boost?
1: Okay, so obviously, Nano Boost makes someone a big ball of statistics. <laughs> it makes them deal a lot of damage and take not a lot of damage. They deal 50% more damage specifically, and they take 50% less. It's worth noting that those 50% are not created equally. When they take 50% less damage, that means they take half damage. If it were equal, that means they would do double damage because that's, that's kind of the equivalent. However, the 50% more damage uh, means it's 150% so and not 200%. So you get more mileage just numerically from the 50% damage reduction than the damage increased. It's, it's also worth noting that it no longer gives a speed boost at all. If anyone thinks it does, it's Boost. used to be like the best ultimate ever. Now it's just kind of okay. But it does last for eight seconds, which is an incredibly long time and is usually so long that it will last for the entire important part of a team fight. By the time it's over, the team fight probably is effectively over, if not actually over. So you want to be using it very early. So here are kind of the best targets in my opinion. So number one, the best way to use Nano Boost because it almost guarantees a fight when every time, if used properly, is comboing it with impactful DPS ultimates, such as Re- uh, Reaper's Death Blossom, Genji's Dragon Blade, Soldier's Tactical Visor, and Farah's Rocket Barrage. When combined, those ultimates are incredibly powerful, and they can kill enemies even through something like Transcendence, especially Dragon Blade. Uh nanoblade is extremely powerful. So that's the number one thing you're looking for. Always be trying to, if you have any of those heroes in your team, be coordinating that. However, your ultimate usually charges a little bit faster than theirs, so you don't want to just save it forever and you can get kind of a secondary value. Using it at the start of a fight, The be- the other best target without comboing are your beefy tanks. Because when you suddenly give them 50% damage reduction, they become double their effective health pool and have armor on top of that, which will lower the damage they take even more. Plus, since the enemy team will be completely focused on them, you'll usually be free to heal them to make them virtually unkillable. And that 50% damage increase turns their, you know, tickle cannons or their nerf hammers into weapons of horrible, horrible destruction that will basically just force the enemy team to deal with them or die. It may not actually secure any kills in a team fight while getting value because the enemy team cannot dive your backline. They cannot melt your tanks to get to you. They have to deal with this threat, which gives your team just incredible amount of space to do things. So these tanks, by name, are number one, Winston, number two, Reinhardt, and number three, diva i'll throw an honorable mention to the slightly less powerful but still formidable alt combo whole hog for when roadhog uses ultimate he's a good nano target he's however much more counterable than any of the, f- the the primary ones so he's not quite up there and then finally kind of tertiary targets where if you just need to use nano boost to win a fight and you feel like you can Any like DPS hero is a fairly good option, but it can be inconsistent when you nano boost McCree. He may just hit a bunch of headshots and kill everyone, or he may miss and not do anything. Genji may get like five resets and kill everyone, or he may not do anything. So it's it's kind of inconsistent, but it can be extremely powerful. So these are heroes like there's too many to list, but it's kind of like, you know, Soldier without visor, McCree, Genji, Reaper, Symmetra, pretty much any hero that does significant damage. And then when not to use is basically near the end of the fight. It's usually not going to make a huge bit of difference. And ultimately the the only real time you don't use nano boost is when you don't think it can win you the fight and when you don't need it to win a fight. Otherwise, it's just a fairly good ultimate. It's never going to backfire. However, I will say generally stray from using it on low health teammates. Maybe thinking, ah, if I nano this Winston and then shoot him once, I can keep him alive. And sometimes that's true. But more often than not, they just die anyway. And then you just threw your ultimate in the garbage and it's not going to make good use of it. So it's generally good to avoid that. All right, uh, I do have a. Uh, actually, I
0: was going to say it's a question, but it's more of a comment. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. it's is regarding uh, using. Oh, I do feel free. Okay, <laughs> using the Nano Boost on uh, your DPS when they're going to use their ultimates. Uh, in some cases, I've seen Anna's. Like you know, you can see when your teammates have their ultimates. So I guess maybe to try to encourage their DPS to use their ultimate, I've I've seen Anna's put the nano boost on the DPS before they use their ultimate. But I would say that it's probably a better idea to wait for them to start their ultimate and then nano because yeah. Yeah, cause a soldier could be, he could see a big shield in front of him and that's why he's not using his, uh his, his tact You know, they, the, yes. the DPS may see something that says, okay, don't use their Their ultimate right now, but, the anime not so you would agree with that then
1: <laughs> yes i absolutely would one of one of my gameplay philosophies is that it's important in solo queue to trust your teammates because if you don't you're only really going to be hurting yourself if you are literally in a game where your teammates are incapable of doing their jobs that's just a game you're going to lose you shouldn't play around the games where you're going to lose anyway solo queue's is about increasing your win percentage and your teammates will be as good as your enemies almost you know the majority of the time. So, like, one third of your games, maybe you just lose, nothing you can do about it. Other third, you'll win. Basically, it's almost impossible to lose those. And the remaining third, you need to play as if your teammates are decent for all of those games. So, your DPS sees everything that they see. You don't see through them. There's a reason they might be ulting or not ulting. So, I would recommend ulting after they ult, but especially I would recommend trying to coordinate with them. So, Genji's like, all right, I'm going to dash into the air and then nano me. Or soldiers like, all right, I'm going to run around this corner and nano me, uh, something like that. And then that will work best. But yeah, I, I I'd, a lot of times if 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 you nano them and they don't like ulting there, they'll do it anyway. And then maybe they'll just unload full visor into a full Reinhardt shield because, you know, he felt he had to because he got nanoed and then nothing happens. And you just wasted one of the most powerful ultimate combos in the entire game
0: right so work together be positive i guess that's always the message right be positive about your teammates yes and i'll help you out all right well let's move into anna's strengths and weaknesses what can you what can, what can you tell us about that
1: all right so at the time of this recording hopefully by the time anyone's listening to this the things will be different She is not in the best spot. It's not that she is a terrible hero or anything, it's just she's kind of outclassed a little bit right now. So right now her weaknesses via lack of an ability like Resurrect, Speed Boost, or Discord Orb, she's just kind of outclassed at the moment. Things will hopefully change for her and she'll be very usable in the near future. So just keep that in mind when picking Anna. She is not very strong. And if you can pick Mercy, probably want to pick Mercy, and if you already have a Mercy, Anna doesn't work very well with Mercy. But with that being said, let's get into her strengths and weaknesses. So her core strength is that she has the highest healing per second in the game, discounting ultimates and other random abilities. That means she is the best character in the game at keeping one teammate alive if you're hitting your shots. Another strength is she has incredibly powerful abilities. Uh, They do have a long cooldown, unfortunately, but she is very, very good if you land her abilities. If you land that grenade, there is almost nothing stronger. If you land that sleep dart and it, it doesn't get immediately woken up, that can be incredibly impactful because it's like getting a free kill at the start of a fight or in the middle of a fight. However, if you miss those abilities, which are very easy to do, you don't really have too much to work with. Another strength is that she can operate from basically anywhere on the map relative to her team as long as she has line of sight. If you're forced to go up right right against your team, you're effective. If you're forced to be, you know, 40 meters away from your team on the high ground, you can still do exactly as much except to be a bit harder to use grenade. So she's very versatile in terms of effectiveness relative to where her team is. As as for strengths, I would say that's pretty much it. For weaknesses, she has a very subpar alt relative to her competition valkyrie transcendence and beat drop are all much better than nano boost Uh, in addition to that she is in my opinion the worst hero at dealing damage in the entire game she has slightly higher dps than winston but winston has cleave and he can't exactly miss she's also very immobile and has very poor means to defend herself so if you land that you have grenade which is very powerful but you can only use it once when you're going to dove on and sleep dart is extremely powerful, but also very difficult to land and very easy to counter uh, against something like, you know, Genji can deflect it. Tracer can very easily dodge it if she blinks when she hears the little sound effect. And Winston can kind of duck in and out of bubble to avoid it. So it's very difficult to protect yourself. And then in addition to that, she is just kind of outclassed by Mercy because Mercy does the same thing. Uh, Her healing is a bit lower, but it's much easier for her to stay alive. And she has res, which is just uh, almost a must get at the point. However, in the future, if that is not the case and Mercy is weak, Anna will absolutely be very strong because Lucio and Zenyatta do not have anywhere near the healing capability that she does. Right. Uh, Another thing worth noting is she can be very weak against certain comps. And without certain heroes on her team, so if you are playing her uh, in a team comp that has a lot of DPS heroes and not a whole lot of tanks, if you're ever in that situation where the you have like Azaria, Tracer Genji Hanzo, and then your other healer in you, Anna is a terrible pick, no matter how strong she is in the meta. But if you have a Reinhardt, you can be best buddies with a Reinhardt and Reinhardt is way more effective when he has an Anna. As for team comps against, she is very, very hard to play, uh, even if you're extremely good at Anna, against Genji, Tracer, Winston, and to a lesser extent, D.Va, since D.Va has been changed a little bit. So if you're against those heroes, it can be very difficult to get value from Anna because they kind of counter her and she has very limited counterplay.
0: All right. And when we go over the strengths and weaknesses, it's not necessarily to tell you not to pick this character, but you just definitely keep these things in mind when you're picking the character and while you're playing the character.
1: It's kind of a, just a, a little, like, agreement that you have to sign. Warning, <laughs> when picking Anna, you are accepting responsibility for the fact that she right now is not a very good hero and a lot of stuff is very good against her. So right. just, just bear that in mind. She does have a 43% win rate right now. But... Hopefully you can learn from this, practice the Anna, because mercy nerfs are coming. You know they're coming. And when that day comes, and maybe if like, you know, some of the dive meta gets nerfed, then and Reinhardt and Zarya are like commonplace in the meta, then Anna will shoot right back up and win rate, potentially to where she was. Her kit is not weak. It's just the meta right now, and mercy kind of makes her unplayable. Her kit is is potentially very strong
0: right and the meta always ebbs and flows for right now at the very least as overwatch gets older we'll see what happens uh so you know there's gonna be times when anna is gonna be great there's gonna be times when she's not but you know when when playing Anna, just keep in mind you know what her weaknesses are and try not to put yourself in positions where they can be exploited and try to play to your strengths that's when we do the strengths and weaknesses in these episodes that's basically the goal (laughs) of that not not telling you not to pick the character
1: Oh, one one last thing for weaknesses, I'll, 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 and strengths and weaknesses, it's should the, the map choice can be very important for Anna. So we'll say Anna is uh, significantly weaker on King of the Hill maps because they tend to be a lot more cluttered with without long sight lines or accessible high ground, and there's a lot of like different paths to flank and get to her very quickly, so she is much less effective on that. She is much more at home on assault maps and on Escort or Escort slash Assault maps. So those are generally where you'll get the most value. For maps specifically, any map that has high verticality, she'll be stronger on defense. But if there's high verticality, she'll probably be a bit weaker on offense because she, she, if she can start on high ground and set up there, she's strong. But if the enemy has high ground, she doesn't have a real way to get up there or deal with enemies on the high ground. Um, and of course, any any area with long sight lines and like big buildings that have cover, think like uh, King's Row or maybe Gibraltar. Those are the types of maps that she'll be stronger on.
0: All right, great.
1: Uh, can you uh, give us a couple of her common mistakes that you see? Absolutely. So I will say most of my time spent coaching Anna most people make like all of the common mistakes I see. I, I unfortunately I feel like the Anna metagame and the way people are playing her could definitely be stepped up quite a bit just by changing your goal. So the first common mistake I see is people playing for damage way too much. Well, if you are focused on scoping out on the enemy team and damaging them, what you might not see is your McCree just got hit by a Farah rocket. Well, you're shooting at a Farah. And then he didn't get healed, so he had to go walk around and get a health pack and then come back and then start shooting at the FARA. And you, mean, you might be thinking, "Oh my God, our hit scan is, is not good. They can't kill the FArah. Why do I always get these teammates? Well, you're trying to shoot her. And like I'm even dealing like half her health bar, and we still can't kill her. Whereas if you healed your McCree, instead of trying to damage the Farah, he would be able to have more time to be shooting at her and more time to deal that damage. If you can heal your teammates and allow make their job as easy as possible, just baby them, make it like impossible for them to die, then they can't help but deal damage, and they will deal a lot more damage than you because they're way better at it and is terrible at dealing damage. The second most common mistake I see is... i already talked about which is a positioning and movement issue i see a lot of people stick with hip fire very close to their team just walking around like right up next to their their main tank because when you're that close to your team you kind of have to hide behind your tanks to not die when you're right behind your tanks you can't see anybody else and everyone's moving around so quickly relative to you that it's very difficult to actually land shots and it just makes your life terrible for you so what you you want to be doing instead is as i've been talking about you want to be far away from your team you want to be Positioning safely behind terrain so that you can scope in uh, and do that instead. Um, and then finally, for mistakes, I see a lot of bad ability usage where people will just kind of throw grenade away as if it's a, like a left click that's easier to hit whenever they're trying to heal someone and top them off. Or, or I'll see them throw it at like a diva or Reinhardt shield just because maybe it'll hit. Uh, and then for Sleep Dart especially, I see a lot of people using it very aggressively and just throwing it at the main tank as soon as they can, or throwing it into the enemy back line with what I call Hail Mary sleep darts, where there's very little chance that hits. If it does, it'll be really cool. But even then, it probably won't matter. So you want to kind of save it for defense. You want to save grenade for those impactful moments, because that's the easiest way to make a massive impact on Anna is using her abilities at the correct time.
0: All right, great. So before we uh, get your final thoughts and close up, are there any additional tips you want to give out for Anna?
1: Absolutely, Anna is full of tips and tricks. So first is a mechanic, uh, or rather a technique called quickscoping. So if you are trying to heal a teammate that is usually like a DPS hero, let's say it's a Farah or a Genji or a Tracer, it is very unlikely if you hip fire at them that they will be where you think they will be by the time the dart hits them. So you want to do something called quickscoping, where you scope in and then fire the instant you can with a hit scan shot. To heal them up more accurately and more quickly, so it's 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 a good thing to practice. Maybe in spawn room where you scope in and then shoot your teammates the instant they can. If you are completely new to this technique, I would re- I would recommend start practicing it while right clicking and then holding left mouse because that way you will automatically shoot the instant that you can. However, once you get a feel for that timing, you want to actually click uh, for like the the moment you want to shoot. Now, the only problem with this is, of course, when you scope in, you lose your mobility. So what you want to be doing is instead jumping as you quick scope so you can keep moving at the same speed while you shoot. So this can be useful. It's a more niche technique and it's something you want to work on when you're already feel like you've mastered all of the fundamentals I already talk about. Because if you just kind of throw it into your gameplay, it can potentially hurt you. So, so yeah, that, that's most, mostly useful for like clutch healing on a like, you know, far away Genji or a Farah. It can also be very useful for defending yourself. This is primarily where the jump shot comes in because it's very difficult to hit the tiny little projectile. That's very slow uh, and uh, inaccurate or not inaccurate, but hard to hit against like a Genji or a tracer. So you may want to do that quick scope so that you can you uh, have a hit scan shot against them. It'll make you more accurate. And it's better to be firing more slowly, but more accurately against them. And of course, you would jump because if you just scope in, you'll basically stop moving and they'll just kill you instantly. Next technique I would recommend, I already talked about it a little bit, uh, it's pre-firing. So if you hit a teammate and they are full health, they have something applied to them that they will heal for 90 HP over the next 0.9 seconds. Uh, So if they start taking damage, they will be healed for it. So the way you can kind of apply this is let's say you see a McCree that is out in the open and Afara starts shooting at him and he hasn't gotten hit yet, but you're pretty sure he's going to be. You could wait for him to get hit and then shoot him, but then you have the delay of actually reacting to it and then moving over to shoot him, which could be like a tenth of a second to maybe a quarter of a second, depending on how good you are. Or you could just start shooting him immediately and you will he will constantly be healing at a rate of 90 HP per second. And the instant he gets hit, he's already being healed. So if you think someone is at a high risk of dying, but they haven't quite taken damage yet, that's a very useful technique. You just have to be very careful not to overdo that, otherwise you'll have problems managing your aim. Another thing to mention for both of that uh, that type of technique, for quick scoping or the pre-firing, at 22.5 meters, just, just about 22 meters, it's actually faster to scope in and hip fire, or excuse me, and hit scan, than it is to fire a hip fire. Uh, because of the travel time of the projectile. So anyone who's kind of that distance away, you basically never want to be hip-firing at them because it's actually slower by quite a lot. But even if you're at, like, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't scope in and tell that distance because uh, that's just the initial scope-in time. If you f- if you hip-fire at 10 meters uh, a bunch, you might actually be healing them faster if you scope in and then fire three times because there's no travel for any of those three, and you just have one time to scope in, whereas the projectiles have the travel time every time you shoot. I already talked about Ultimate Mayhem, but I'll say that again. It's it's very difficult to learn Anna's Sleep Dart and Grenade because you kind of very seldom use them. So if you go into an environment, it doesn't have to be Ultimate Mayhem, where you're free to just use those abilities as much as possible. Um, just freely, that can be a very good way to learn it and a very good way to warm up. Because if you don't play Anna, or I know personally for me, if I don't play Anna for like two days, I can't hit a sleep dart to save my life. And I throw grenades into Ryan Shields all day. Um, So it's very important to warm up with that. I experimented around with using bots to kind of practice this, but I found it was very ineffective. So if you can find like a custom game with like low CDs that you are playing with, you know, real people, that can probably be better than Ultimate Mayhem.
0: I know in pre-show we talked about some settings that players may find helpful for Anna. Do you want to talk about that?
1: So one thing that's really the only setting to look out for on Anna, uh, there really isn't anything else hero specific for her, is her her relative aim sensitivity well zoomed. So the way it works is it because you zoom in, it lowers your sensitivity to compensate for that increase in your field of view. Uh, because your field of view is so much narrower, if you had the same sensitivity, it would be extremely jarring. So the closest thing to like a one-to-one feeling with your normal sense is thirty-eight. So if you don't play a whole lot of Anna, like hours and hours every day, you may want to keep it at that. However, if you are a very dedicated Anna player, you play a lot of her, and you can get used to the differences between sensitivities, you may want to put it lower because with sensitivity you uh it's kind of a battle between mobility and precision and since you don't have to like turn around when you're scoped in ever you may want to make it lower to increase your precision because you won't have that trade-off and if i remember correctly you also talked about a burst healing combo the proper burst healing combo for nade is to shoot Throw the grenade and then shoot again. If you shoot and then immediately throw the grenade, you won't throw the grenade any slower, and it also won't put any time between your shots. It's also important to note that since the healing is applied over time, you will actually get the benefit of the healing buff grenade gives on most of the first shot. So if they the dart and the grenade land If the grenade lands just after the first shot does, it will still heal for that almost full bonus amount. Maybe you'll miss out on like four healing. So if you have a low health tank and you want to burst heal them as fast as possible, shoot, then grenade, and then shoot them again for just the massive burst of healing. All right, great. Well, thanks for the tips. You want to give some final thoughts before we close up? Absolutely. So I always want to see the support community improving i i love support as a role and it breaks my heart because i feel like we're, we're not reaching our potential and support is kind of viewed as this low skill role but there's so much you can do both mentally mechanically and strategically um to be better and a lot of that isn't utilized and if there is a technique that a support hero has Everyone kind of shrugs it off like, oh, you don't need to do it. Who cares? Supports are easy. Um, But if there's a technique for a DPS that's like completely useless, everyone will learn how to do it and like celebrate it. So I want I want to see the support community try to improve more and uh, get a lot better uh, at playing and see support viewed as what it is, which is a very versatile high skill role with a lot of potential to carry. It's always uh, I say carry, but I just mean, you know, win and climb and ladder. Uh, I don't. There is a common idea that you cannot climb on support because you can't carry. However, I don't think that mindset is due to supports not being able to climb. I think supports one of the easiest roles to climb on. Maybe I'm biased, but it's from that thing I talked about the beginning of the of this show where supports do not have feedback when they do things well. Lucio does not have a statistic to track when he uses speed speed boost well. Anna does not have a statistic that differentiates healing on someone who was basically just needed topping off and healing on someone who was about to die. Zenyatta doesn't have a statistic that tracks how much damage Discord Orb does. So it's very difficult to kind of know how well you're doing. And a lot of supports feel like they're doing well because the game's giving them good feedback, but they're not actually doing their job so if if you actually do your job and and you know play with your team and help them out you will have a positive win rate and you will climb if you are playing well enough i can assure you of that and i uh, am proof of that i have played at every sr Uh, i know exactly what it's like uh, and i've never had trouble climbing on support all right well great thank you
0: for coming in and giving us the lowdown on anna lots of good information here uh, we're gonna go ahead and close up, though. It's it's about that time. Uh, if you have any questions about anything that you just heard about Anna or any of the heroes that we talked about on talk about in this series, you can email us at contact@preparetoattack.com, and uh, we'll we'll try to get back to you with an answer. And if we get enough questions, we'll just do a Q and A episode so that we can share the knowledge with everybody else. Uh, Fu, you are a coach from Wawa's Bootcamp. Can you tell the audience a bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So, Wawa's Bootcamp offers free coaching from uh, generally Grandmaster coaches. There are slight exceptions for, like, you know, slightly lower-series people if they have experience and people vouch for them. Um, but for the most part, we're all Grandmaster players. I am a very uh, prolific and passionate coach on Wawa's. I love doing it, uh, and people really seem to enjoy my coaching. If you would like coaching from me, I, you can feel free to come over to Wawa's Bootcamp. Uh, uh, hit me with a message. My, my tag is just foo. You can find me pretty easily. Uh, in fact, at the moment, I have basically no students for a reason I, I can't really figure out. So hit me up. All right. Want to cool. get good at supports? Yeah,
0: great. And you know, you, uh, you're one of the coaches that uses Mayhem.gg in your coaching sessions, correct?
1: Yes, I absolutely love Mayhem.gg. Uh, it is an extremely useful tool for coaching. It's basically just like a watch together. Um, site like there's tons of except it works really well and it has a lot of awesome functionality built in specifically for coaching I can draw on the screen like I'm John Madden unfortunately there's no program that modifies my voice to sound like John Madden I assume that's in development um, <laughs> but I, I can circle things I can draw teddy bears I can draw X's I, I can draw skull I can I can do whatever I want with that I can even rewind one second five seconds 20 seconds forward same stuff It's it's extremely great even if you're just using it for like watching a movie together or like a YouTube video together with people or doing karaoke, uh, it's just also a very all around good service because most watch together services just don't really work that well. Um, this one does, you can use it for whatever.
0: All right. Awesome. And, uh, well, you can find me over at Mash Those Buttons. Uh I host Watchpoint Radio every week. We normally release on Wednesdays, but we do a live uh, stream on Tuesdays at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Uh you can follow us at watchpoint radio at twitter.com slash watchpoint radio. And you can follow me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash underscore ja it's underscore J A A underscore. We'd love to have you uh, you know. Come over to the Twitch chat and talk with us while we do the show sometime. Fu, you have any social info you want to give out? Or...
1: Uh, no, I'm not really on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. My I am Foo on Discord. Foo number sign 0999. Very easy to remember. I don't know how I got that. Um, but yeah, I'm not, not really on other social media All right, great
0: and actually that reminds me you can actually find us on discord as well discord.me slash mash those buttons we'd love to have you there to uh, join the conversation that our community has on a regular basis Uh, but yeah we also encourage you to go to iTunes uh, or whatever platform of choice you're listening on and give us a rating and review that really helps the show out we really appreciate it we love to hear from you guys we would love to hear your thoughts Uh, on iTunes specifically though if you leave a rating and review and then you also say the name of the next character that you want to hear about or you you want us to do we'll try our best to get that one into the next batch of episodes so go ahead and give that rating and review and you can go ahead and put your character in and hopefully we'll be able to get him
1: in i'll also say if if you like me like i like me then i would i would recommend you go into the comment section and you say give foos and yada and mercy I want to I want to do this for those two heroes too. And if you want to hear me do that, please let him know. I I need I need all the sway I can get.
0: <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, But yeah, we do appreciate every review that comes in. We thank you guys a lot for taking the time to go back and do those. Everybody who has done that so far. So thanks a lot. I'd also like to give a big thanks to Have Luck Good Fun for allowing us to use their song Sounds Like Overwatch as the show's theme. You can check out Have Luck Good Fun on YouTube where they have a bunch of other videos, a bunch of other game music that includes music. the, The sounds come from the games themselves. Just like... You know the theme of this show, so yeah, thank you very much for allowing us to use the song. We highly suggest that everybody check out "Have Luck, Good Fun" on YouTube. And with that, we are going to close up here. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. See ya.